What up, what up, party people? The quarantine continues, yet the podcast keeps going. It is a damn good day to have a damn good day, and I am absolutely fired up because I just recently launched a three-month project with the goal to create one of the greatest podcasting courses in community, and I think we accomplished just that. The reason I did this was a lot of people have been asking me since the beginning of this podcast, you know, what I did to create a podcast and why I'm so passionate about networking and meeting amazing people. And I truly think everybody should be required to start a podcast, especially in college, because it basically allows you to dive into any niche you're interested in and meet amazing people inside of that niche and really learn a lot more in-depth details about, you know, what's going on, you know, things that you can do better and really helps find yourself. I know that's what this podcast did for me. So anybody that is interested in starting a podcast, go to www.networkpodcasting.com and check out the 15 minute intro video that will give you a breakdown. But I'm super excited for today's guest, John Malat, an absolute beast of an entrepreneur and an absolutely phenomenal human. John is a successful entrepreneur, speaker, and author that turned his life around at 18 after having a drug-induced heart attack. After the chronic usage of an assortment of drugs, he found himself at rock bottom and even ended up in jail. Shortly after, he made the choice to turn his life around for himself and his family. John is also the co-founder of Build Your Empire and works within several industries such as aviation, blockchain, real estate, pharmaceuticals, and nutrition. He is a seven-figure earner inside of the network marketing profession and is one of the most well-known speakers in the side of that field. In this episode, we discuss the importance of putting yourself into a positive environment to find success an inside look into the impact of hard drugs and the effect they cause to the human spirit, and building a cash crop machine that can provide you the ability to work inside several industries. As always, you can watch this podcast with John and I live on YouTube. And without further ado, episode 86 with John Malat. Let's jump into it. We're live. John Malat is in the building. The man, the myth, the legend. He's doing 50 different things at once all over the place. And you are in quite a time of your life right now when it comes to all the stuff you're managing. Man, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't don't know that I've ever been uh, busier than than I am right now. And there's, there's always something happening and so much opportunity out there today. It's it's sometimes the biggest challenge is like figuring out what what should I do because there's so many choices and that, and sometimes that can lead to uh, paralysis for a lot of people. Um, but I'm you know I'm picking away at this stuff, man. We're having a great time, living the living the dream, living the life, having a, a, a wonderful time. Right, the whole analysis paralysis deal, you know, trying to focus on yes. too many things, not knowing which way to go. And I've always been fascinated by your journey, and it's so cool to have you on the show. I know our audience is absolutely stoked to dive into this because there's just so much experience that you've had that you just can't put a price tag on. You've been through it. And the best way to learn is just by going through it. So, I mean, is that, your, like, way, is that your way of saying I'm old, man? What are you, what are you saying? If, <laughs> if you're old, sign me up for what you drinking. I'm in for it. Oh <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, yeah. I've been around the block a, a few times. I've had uh, a lot of, a lot of experience. I think experience is, is the right word, you know, but then, you know, I'll tell you, it's, a, it's, you take it a step further, it's evaluate experience. But so there's people think that uh, you know, wisdom comes from age. I'm like, no, I know a lot of dumbass old people. So <laughs> you know, wisdom doesn't necessarily come from age. It comes from evaluated experience. And, and I've, I've banged my head against the wall enough times to realize, okay, I got a headache. Maybe it's time to stop banging my head against the wall. Well, you seem to be the type of person that tries a lot of different things because you're in like three or four different industries, which is very rare. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I'm, uh, I, what, I, what I realized, I started in one. I, I focused, you know, heavily to, uh, to get great. I had a mentor that said, look, you know, you, you hear a lot of people talking about um, multiple income streams. He said, that's all great. He said, but most people end up with multiple income trickles. They don't have no damn stream. He said, uh, the best thing you can do is become the master at one thing. Get great at that one thing because getting great at that one thing, you're going you're gonna to 
you're going to master you know all the different skills that are necessary and usually those skills will transfer to something else so once you get great at one thing then you can start to expand out and diversify and play you know play around with different things but most people they're they're you know spread too thin and they're not making anything happen so i i got i got really good at one thing and then from there i started taking those skills and just applying them to other industries but i, I caught on pretty quickly you know you can go crush, you can crush it in one industry then you can take those same philosophies, same principles, same work ethic, and go crush it in another industry. And then, uh, you know, I, I've been around around for a while, so now you know, in, in multiple industries now at the same time, simultaneously. And then you get good at at delegating. You know, I, I used to not be good at delegating, man. It was always, you know, I was doing everything, but now I'm good at like, look, I'm staying out of the mix. Those people are way sharper, way faster, way better than I am. Put them in the place, let them, you know, empower them, equip them, and and get out of the way. Let them do their thing. Interesting. And what was that one thing that you're talking about that you first kind of studied and focused? Yeah, you know, I, because no one would hire me, man. I, I didn't, you know, I don't have all the things society says you're supposed to have to be successful. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a high school diploma. And you know how society way of putting people in boxes, color of skin, gender, in my case, with my lack of education, I ended up doing exactly what society expected from a 10th grade dropout. I found myself working over at the General Electric plant. I'm, I'm now a custodial engineer. Of course, I had a title. You know, I was scrubbing another man's toilets. I'm working paycheck to paycheck. I'm working hard to keep up with the big mouth promises I've made to family, friends, and bill collectors. I was just getting nowhere very, very fast. And I was fortunate, though. I had a world-class entrepreneur coming into my life, and he started to teach me the principles of entrepreneurship and, and the fundamentals of leadership. And he introduced me to uh, uh, network marketing. He introduced me to uh, multi-level marketing. And... I didn't know anything about it. I had, I had no idea. I didn't know what it meant or whatever. I just knew that I, I couldn't get hired. Nobody would hire me because of my lack of education, because of my criminal background, because of, you know, all these things. And, and these people were like, hey, come on in. You know, welcome. Welcome to the party. And, and I caught on very quickly that uh, I was only going to get paid based on the value that I brought to the table, which now I love. I love that concept. I love the idea of, you know, you do the thing and then you get paid, not, you know, get paid or show up and you know, participation type trophies and all the stuff that we do today. It was like, look, if you bring value to the marketplace, then you're going to get paid for that. So it was in, in, in a network marketing company where I learned sales, I learned marketing, I learned leadership, I learned scaling. I learned all these, these different areas that now have, have played a massive role in me building traditional companies and, and, uh, and really designing my life. You know, personal development became huge. I learned how to train my mind because I was so caught up in negativity. You know, every day I was you know, depressed and I was down and on myself. And because everybody else was saying what a loser I was, I just started buying into that. So network marketing is really, so the thing about network marketing was multiple skills, you know, that you learn at one time. And, and the difference between me and most people is that I was just too stupid to quit. Most people quit because it's hard. It's hard to build a big business. And building a network marketing company is actually building a big business. You think about it, the, the last company that I have built had 327,000 affiliates. We were doing just our little team was 327,000 affiliates, eight countries doing $220 million a year. That is, that's not a hobby. That's not a little side, you know, thing. That's, that's running a real business and all of the mechanics that go along with that managing people. And now these are voluntary people. So there's a whole nother skill set you have to learn because the voluntary army, I can't fire these people. You know, they don't, they don't do what I tell them to do because I tell them to do it because I'm the boss. They, they need to be, um, you know, I learned the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership from John Maxwell. And those laws of leadership, you know, came in handy building a voluntary army because I couldn't, I couldn't boss people around tell them what to do. So it was, those were the type of things that I learned. I got, and, and by the way, it took me seven years to crack a hundred thousand dollars in a single year so nobody was like john Malott is so successfully so great people were laughing at me in the early stage then went from you know a hundred thousand to two hundred twenty four thousand then a million then a couple of million a year i mean it just it, it when it when it kicked in because the power of number numbers and exponential growth then it just exploded and then tens of millions of dollars and, and everybody's like Oh, uh, we knew we knew you could do it all the way and i'm like you liars you guys were laughing talking crazy <laughs> you know, it's, it, but now they all show up, you know, hands look like cups, you know. <laughs> yeah, cupcakes all over. Back. Man, dude, I had no idea you're an MLM baby. That's amazing. 
that's yeah. that explains a lot about your attitude and everything. I also got my introduction to entrepreneurship through network marketing. And it was the gateway to entrepreneurship. It was the first time someone believed in me and gave me free advice on how to build a business and empowered me to do big things. And clearly that makes so much sense now how you've been able to do everything you've done because your mindset is absolutely rock solid. What, yeah. what first typical traditional business came after the whole MLM experience? You know, it's funny because um, I had a real estate investment. I've had so many traditional companies companies. And, and I always say that because I had a goose that was laying golden eggs, I had a cash flow machine, I could make tons of mistakes. So I, I had a real estate investment company. I had a mixed martial arts cage fighting company. I had a publishing company. I had restaurants, nightclubs. Um, and I could go on and on. I mean, it was, I, if I saw something and it seemed cool and I'd like, oh, let me try it. But I, you know, at a certain point, I had so much cash flow coming from my network marketing business that I didn't have to work anymore. You know, when you got a quarter of a million dollars a month coming in, I could go and make all kinds of mistakes in traditional business. And yeah, I might burn through my money, but next month I had another quarter of a million <laughs> waiting for another, you know, another deal. That's, that's what cracked People don't get it, man. Because I hear people that have never built a network marketing company say, oh, it's a pyramid. All these things they say because of ignorance, they have, they have no, no clue. And, and it, they, they act like it's some kind of child's play or, or hobby. I said, man, you got to have thick skin. You got, you become a man or a woman. Uh, when you when you get out there and you deal with people the way that network marketers do, so I have I have mad respect. You know, I consider myself the uh, the number one uh, world leading authority when it comes to home based businesses, and it's not just network marketing, but all of the different businesses that that uh, are in that. Because all everything I've ever built, even my traditional businesses, uh, none of them ever matched up to my home based businesses. None of them. I mean, I made millions of dollars in, in other things. We have a company that well, was supposed to go public this month, but of course, thanks to the global pandemic, <laughs> that's now on, on the back burner. But even though we're having a global pandemic, my home-based businesses are booming, where my traditional businesses you know, are, are not doing so well right now. So I, I tell people all the time, go, go you know, thicken your skin, go do something out of your comfort zone, build something like that, and, and you will then learn everything you need to know. And you just might create a cash flow machine that'll allow you to make a lot of mistakes. Cause I've watched my friends that would build traditional businesses. They would get loans. They would put their life savings online. And, and then every now and then those businesses would fail. And now they're like, first they got to go through a year of depression. Then it's a whole nother year of recouping their finances. So by the time they get back in the entrepreneur game, it's they, they've lost two, three years where, yeah, I would have a failure, but you know, I'm like, you know, suck my thumb for a month in the fetal position, but I was ready to rock and roll in, you know, 90 days. I'm, I'm at it again, ready to go. Let's go. Plus, you know, you, you know this, you just said it. The, the mental game is next level. It, it, it thickens your skin, but it thickens your mind. So you can go out there and attack the market. Very interesting. You covered so many topics I want to dive into right there. One thing uh, to think about, you talked about building this cash flow machine, which is really what happens if you hit the top ranks in network marketing. It's one of the most brilliant things ever to take compare, take advantage of compound residual growth. Everyone has a hundred friends on Facebook. If everyone just tells people 10 people, all of a sudden that thing spreads like Uber and, and you're in a whole new world. But there's ups and downs with every industry. You know, one of the, the, one of the downs, but it, it's also an up about direct sales is that you almost have to be very public. You have to be very in front of people and very, you know, in front of the lines and, and known type deal, which is also a plus versus a typical business. You can be kind of more invisible on the sideline and just building up a, building up a biz. But just like you said, there's so many ups and downs. Has there been any significant down that you've ever found in running a home-based business? <laughs> Um, yeah, just, well, one that comes to mind first and foremost is distractions. Like right now, you know, Najla is running around here in her, you know, yoga pants. So, <laughs> so that's a distraction. Uh, kids, you know, can be distractions and people don't take it seriously. When I, I when I'm working out of the home, it's different. Like if I went to it, if I got up in the morning and went to an office, everyone would respect my eight, 12 hour grind. You know what I mean? They wouldn't be blowing me up at, at the office saying, Oh, we got to do this and that. But when you're at home, everybody's pulling on you. It's like, you know, it, it gives them permission to uh, try to take your time from you. So I had, I got, I, I, in the beginning, I didn't even know what to do with my time. I was out, you know, in the yard, jumping on the trampoline, I'm, you know, watching too much TV. I got more done when I was building my home-based business with five hours a week 
you know, than when I first jumped in and I could put in 50 hours a week. So distractions were number one. Um, naysayers, you know, that, I think that's the biggest thing. People get knocked out of the game because, you know, their, their brokest friend tells them, oh, I heard about those things. They don't work or it's a scam or, you know, the, the stuff that they regurgitated from something they heard or they read or some ignorant you know, person who's, who's never tried to do anything. So that, that weighed on me, you know, there was times I'm like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe this is a scam. Maybe this will not work. Maybe I am a loser. You know, all these different things. So the mental game was always my, my biggest challenge, getting over the mental game and getting all the voices out. And, and, and like people will say, well, people fail doing those things. Well, yeah, yeah, people have failed doing everything. But if you compare yourself to the people that fail, you're never going to make it happen. So I always looked at the people that made it. I was fortunate that that one of my mentors, my upline, they call I don't like to use those the, the jargon words that, that a lot of network marketers use, but um, was Jim Rohn. And so I laugh when, when people that hate network marketing, they're quoting Jim Rohn. I'm like, you dummy. The dude made, that's where he made all his money in building network marketing businesses. And the only reason why he was my mentor is because he had an incentive to be my mentor. Because if I made money, he made an override. I'm making money. Wait, now, so you were, you're, you're in the same company as Jim Rohn? Yeah, in the early stage. So Jim Rohn was part of, uh, of course, Jim Rohn went on to, uh, um, <laughs> my wife is nuts. So, you know, Jim Rohn, of course, he was involved in a few different, uh, Nutrivita was one of the early ones. He was involved in, he was in a company with Bill Bailey, who's another beast. Um, and uh, these guys were making millions and millions of dollars and they were teaching how to build real businesses. Not this money laundering, you know, wink, wink, don't tell anybody, but you can get this product for half the price at, you know, the vitamin shop or Amazon or whatever. <laughs> You know, it's laundering money amongst friends shit that I, I can't stand that gives the whole, the whole industry a bad name. But people, if people would evaluate all businesses, you know, people, product, process. But what happens is, is, is people get caught up in the hype. You know, someone tells them, oh, you can make, people will say, I don't want to get rich quick scheme. And as soon as they don't get rich quick, they're off looking for the next, I guess, not get rich quick scheme. It's, it's the craziest thing to me ever. But Jim Rohn taught me, taught real principles like real philosophies uh like like you really had to work this wasn't you know it's going to fall out of the sky and he he didn't baby you he didn't coddle you if you didn't if you weren't doing the activity he said look the reason why you're not getting paid is because you're not doing the work we listen to people that say well it doesn't work and i'm like bro well what did you do last week well i didn't do anything who did you who did you reach out to you know what skills did you develop none <laughs> well, of course it's not going to work then instead of blaming themselves they blame an entire industry they blame an entire industry it's like I know tons of people have failed in real estate, but do we blame, do we say real estate is a scam? Real estate doesn't work, yet we have more people that make no money in real estate, yet they're real estate professionals, and we don't say anything about it. But you know, you get, you get one person in network marketing who doesn't do, doesn't do the work, doesn't do what they're supposed to do, and now the whole industry is a scam. It's bad, it's unethical. Yeah. Like, what's unethical about getting your butt up in the morning early, you know, <laughs> Make, well, I don't. I don't make a lot of calls. I, I use like I use a lot of high tech tools now because we don't need to. We got Zooms. We got text messages. We got social media. Which so I, I'm training a lot of network marketers on new school techniques. Stop using the old tired 1988 Amway stuff because that that does freak people out and scares people. You know, I show people how a, a school teacher, an IT professional, professional athletes, busy professionals, business owners. My, my wife, who was an introvert, you know, how they can go out and crush it, build massive residual income streams without puking all over your family and friends and, and scarring everybody around you, but using, you know, real, real high tech tools along with a, a high touch approach. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going, bro. I didn't mean to take over the show, man. Nah, dude, this is it. That's the way it rolls. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what's going on in that brain. It just blows my mind that you're directly mentored by Jim Rohn. I mean, The Art of Exceptional Living, that audible is my favorite audible of all time. I've listened to it maybe 20, 30 times. Yeah, man. Every, look, people ask me all the time, like people have had the most impact. Two, two people. When I was in a drug rehabilitation, I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine when I was 17 years old. It, it, it was, we, we are freebasing. It's, it's what we now know today as the crack ep epidemic. That is that, is that are. literally when you just like put cocaine and smoke it? Well, you, you cook it. You, you take baking soda, water. <laughs> I mean, there's a, I, I can show you if you like. Uh, no, <laughs> there, there's a, there's a process to it. It's not, it's not long. We would sit around a kitchen table with a, you know, around a stove with a spoon and uh, uh, baking soda, cocaine and water. And we would turn cocaine into, into a rock form. And then we put it in a glass pipe and, 
and, and, and smoke it. Uh, it didn't have to be glass either. You know, we, 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 you know, we, it's amazing how creative you are when you're a drug addict. You find so all you're doing things. this at 16. Yeah. Six. Uh, well, I was, I was my first felony arrest. I was 15. I robbed the movie theater at gunpoint at 15 years old. So I, I, I ended up doing a, you know, a, a pretty good chunk of my teenage years in a, de a juvenile detention facility. I was locked up. And then when I got out, the, the crack epidemic was hitting our neighborhood pretty good. Uh, and I didn't get the, you know, I wanted to be the capitalist. I wanted to be the, the entrepreneur in the neighborhood, but I didn't get the memo, you know, don't get high on your own supply. And I, it didn't take long, man. That, that drug, you know, wiped me out fast, cleaned me out quick, everything. And I had already had destroyed most of my relationships at that point, but that, that took everything last thing, you know, I had no, I had no job. I had, you know, no real source of income. So every, you know, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of um, to feed that, that habit at 17 years old. Though finally, the, the best thing that ever happened to me is I had a heart attack and uh, end up in the hospital. And then from there, there were circumstances around the situation. So I, I was locked up in a drug rehabilitation facility at this point. And it was there where another man saw more of me than I saw myself. And he convinced me, he didn't convince me, but he planted the seed that business was my way out. So I'm like, I'm not built, I'm not going to be a basketball player, football, you know, how am I going to get out of this neighborhood? This is, this is what we do in my neighborhood. And he convinced me, again, he didn't convince me, he planted the seed, which later on turned into, he said, business, entrepreneurship is your way out of this lifestyle. And, and the last time I was arrested, I was uh, 24 years old and sitting on the bullpen floor in the Milwaukee County Jail, July 4th, 1993, sitting there uh, for four days, waiting to go to court, miserable, stitches in my head because I had an altercation with the police. It was on that bullpen floor when I finally made this decision, I would no longer live this way. And that's when I, I pursued my entrepreneurial passion like never before. I cut, up, I cut up all the old nonsense, never did drugs again, was never arrested again after that. And that was the beginning of, of my journey. And that's when I was introduced to, of all things, network marketing, because I was like, dang, what am I going to do? Nobody would hire me, but now I want to turn my life around. And I had no money. I had no skills necessarily. I didn't have any resources. And I went to an event and it was, uh, I, I believe it was Les Brown was speaking at this motivational thing. And in the back of the room, they had a magazine called Healthy, Wealthy and Wise. I picked up this magazine. There was a number in there. I called it. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm in a network marketing. I don't even know what network marketing is. I have no idea. I just... Uh, and you I, happen to be working with Jim Rohn? Yeah, Jim Rohn. Yeah, so, so the guy who, uh, who was the, the, the big guy on, on the block at that time in this particular company, he owned a company called Speakers Forum. So he brought in all of the top speakers, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, you know, you name the greats. Um, and... and, and he was building this cash flow machine along with this. I mean, he would show up. These events were serious. I mean, these were like 2,000, 5,000 person events. And he was well known as a, as a high caliber business person. And that's when I realized that, you, that, that uh, professionals build network marketing businesses the best. He, he used the skills that he had and he used the resources he had to build this other massive stream of income. And he used to do contests like... Um, Whoever produced the most could pick up, you know, Les Brown, like Les Brown, at that time, Les Brown was married to Gladys Knight, the singer, and he would have, he would have contests, like, if you produce X amount, then you got to go pick him up from the airport or go to dinner with him. So I was the guy picking these people up from, from the airport. I'm going to dinner with them. I met Mark Victor Hansen, who now is one of my close friends, lives down the street. You know, he's the, the number two author in the world. Him and Jack Hanfield wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Uh, number two, second only to the Bible in the amount of books they sold. But be, from all of that and all these guys, it's funny because all these people, I hear people quoting Tony Robbins, all these guys, they were, they built network marketing companies. Ed Milet, you know, his, his financial company, that's a network marketing company. You know, it's like, it's, you know, the, these guys are powerhouses. The skills you have to, and I, I didn't mean to turn this into a network marketing, talk, but, but that's, that's my foundation, man. That's where I come from. My, my restaurants, my nightclubs exploded because I used the same techniques. I used the same incentives with my employees that we were using in, these, in my other companies. And they were incentivized to go and, and treat the customers better, to, uh, to learn the skills, to work on their craft. And, and you know, we, we had lines around the block to get into my nightclubs. Man, that's insane. You went through... 50 years and within seven years at like 17 years old. I mean, 
The amount of shit you went through. That's insane, bro. I mean, having a heart attack by itself, that must have been like, where were you when that happens? And how do you know you're having a heart attack? What goes through your mind? Well, I was done, bro. At that point, you know, every night, every night I got high. It's amazing the, 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 the power of the human spirit. I never missed a night to get high. It wasn't like, oh, it's Tuesday night. I'm going to take the night off. No, Tuesday night, I'm getting high. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm getting high. Thursday night. It didn't matter what night it was. And it would start, you know, around 10 o'clock at night. And it would go all night long. And this particular, uh, this particular night, there was a smaller group of us. And we were passing that pipe around. And I knew something was up, you know, probably about uh, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, my, my heart felt like it was ready to jump out of my chest. And I hadn't been I hadn't been home in a long, long time, and something told me to go. When I say home, my dad's house. Um, I went to my dad's house. He wasn't there, so I broke in the house, and I knew I was dying. I I just resigned, and I was I was actually ready for it because I had, my life sucked so bad, and I laid on the bed. I just remember I was sweating profusely. I could feel I was like I was having a hard time catching my breath, and. It was interesting because my mom had left long, a long time ago, long before this. My mom found me. I didn't realize she found me until later on. My mom found me and they got me to the hospital. And I woke up a couple of times briefly, lights. And then, and it was like two days later, three days later, I actually was coherent again. And that was the beginning of, of me, you know, changing, you know, at least the drug side of my life. I, it's funny though, I did, not funny, but I, I did go back. To using drugs i was clean for nine months after that the most clarity i'd had in the longest time and you know i started i kept hanging around with the same people you know with the power of associations you become the combined average of the five people you hang out with the most i kept i stayed with that same group and they would they would say look you don't have to smoke it there's other ways to do cocaine and of course it wasn't long you know, I'm, I'm doing lines and and then I'm, I'm right back i'm right back to where i was again and i finally had enough of myself because it's funny when you do when you're doing bad after you know you're doing bad. Cause I went through a whole program and they pointed out what I was doing before. It was just part of my life. It was just what we did in the neighborhood. After drug rehab, my mind had expanded. And so I now I'm hitting the pipe again and I'm like, damn, what is wrong with you? You know what this is doing to you. You know you're a loser. You know this is bad. And so now it was weighing on me. It was weighing heavily on me. And unfortunately, you know, I, I lost my I lost my sister when she was 21 to a heroin overdose, and my only brother is a, um, a full blown heroin addict uh, to this day. It's amazing he's still alive. I it's, it's I can't believe that he's even even breathing today from his heroin addiction. Damn, dude, that's some deep stuff. Thanks for explaining that. I mean, that's uh, to be able to escape that takes so much. And for you to be able to look back on that, first of all, your story, you could probably relate with so many people, especially in the direct sales industry, because like you said, you don't need a college degree. You can just get started. They don't care if you're from Yale or jail. They just care that if you have a dream, you want to make money, you can, you can make moves. So yeah. it makes sense that your story was so relatable. You have empathy and you can, and you can move forward. I mean, that's just some deep stuff. It, I want to just keep talking about that, but straight up, like, let's just, let's just detour real quick. Sure. What got you into the aviation world? That's one of your ventures that has kind of really interested me. Yeah, we've got, we've got a company. I'm an investor in a company called SetJet, my, my partner and I. And um, yeah, you know, it, it happened kind of by accident. And about three years ago, uh, my, my close friend, Josh Denny, and business partner for, for long, you know, almost two decades now, you know, Josh said, hey, you know, he, he's got a chain of restaurants here, uh, Pokey restaurants, and one of his partners uh, hit him up and said, "Hey, let's uh, let, let me talk to you about this idea, this thing that we're building." And they had been working on it for three years prior to that. But three years ago, they came to me, and I, and what got me is they said, "Well, you can, you know, you can get free flights whenever you want if you invest in the company." And and the concept seemed cool to me, so you know, I put money into the deal, and 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 at a, at a certain point, I didn't think it was ever going to get off the ground. And then, of January of this year, um, we uh, we launched our first flights, man, and. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's been amazing. You know, we've got, now we have two jets, two beautiful challenger eight fifties, pure luxury Rolls Royces in the sky type jets. Um, and when I, when I want to go to LA, I, uh, I head over to the airport, you know, get there about 10 minutes before it takes off and, and I'm on my jet and then, then or Vegas or, you know, Orange Where are you based right now? 
I'm in Scottsdale now. I live in, in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Nice. Is that like Jet Setter? Or is, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's Jet Setter, but I there's a company. What is it called? But it's Jet, basically Jet, Jet Suite X. Uh, there's a couple of them. Yeah, but um, it's basically all. It's based off of utilizing the empty leg flights. No, no, that's a different model. That's a completely different model. We these are jets we own. We own the jets, um, and we have set routes. So we right now we only fly Scottsdale to Las Vegas, um, L.A., Orange County. Uh, San Diego, San Francisco, where we're, we have another jet coming in the summer. We'll add Cabo San Lucas. We'll add uh, Aspen, Colorado. Uh, and I'm missing one. So how does that work in terms of the, the, the unit economics with getting a flight on a jet versus just getting a commercial it's a membership. Flight? It's a membership. We, we have a, a membership based. So they, they pay, um, depending on the, le- the, the, the level that they're in, $99. And then we've got a, a the next jet, there's another tier, but $99 a month. And then they pay uh, $400 to $500 per, per flight to get on the jet. Got it. Is there a certain like unit economics when it comes to how many people you can have on membership before you need to get another jet? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, people much smarter than me have figured all that stuff out. I, I, I'm not involved in that. I'm not involved in the day-to-day operations. I'm just, I'm just the cheerleader. I'm like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's make this happen. Let's get more flights. Let's get more members. And, and as an ambassador, you know, using, you know, some of my influence to, uh, um, you know, to promote and, push and, and get, yeah, get the membership. Hey, know, the I wouldn't have known it existed if it wasn't for you. So you're doing yeah. a fantastic job. <laughs> so what is it that drives you now? I mean, you've, you've come up, you've had all the success, you've created a cash flow machine. You're in all these different businesses. I see that you're in the nightclub business. I mean, you've, you've probably lived life in the, to the extreme point that you can in, in every way, shape, or form. Like, what gives you that high anymore? It's not drugs. It's probably not the, the nightclubs. Is it love? No. What's going on here? Yeah. Well, love is a part of it, man. I got a, you know, I've got an amazing wife. But I have, I, my, my kids have always been big drivers for me. You know, when, when I sat on that bullpen floor in, in the Milwaukee County Jail, July 4th, 1993, I had a two-year-old daughter. And what, what kept replaying in my mind as I sat there knowing I wasn't going anywhere because it's a holiday weekend and I was going to be stuck. What was replaying in my mind was uh, when I was being let out of my house in handcuffs, I looked back at my daughter, Lauren, and it have been, couldn't have been more than a couple of seconds, but it seemed like a lot longer. And she was in pain. She was crying. She didn't know exactly what was going on, but she knew the house was in disarray again and daddy was being taken out. And I sat on that bullpen floor and for four days, her face crying, screaming, just kept playing over and over in my mind. And then when I was in drug rehab, uh, Dave, he, he, he's the one who said, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know where that came from at the time. But those two things kept replaying over and over in my mind. So Lauren, my daughter, became my number one driver to get out of the damn neighborhood, to get, my, to get out of this lifestyle to be done with it because if a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, here I am, I'm supposed to be a grown man. I can't even take care of the one child that I have. So I made a decision on that floor. I would never live like that. And then late, then I, now I've got, I have four daughters, which is another reason why you have to get rich. If you have daughters, you got to get rich. Night vision goggles are expensive. You know, weddings are shotguns, are expensive, all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I knew I had to make money, but my kids have always been a big driver for me. And then, you know, now that I'm, you know, this year I'll be 50 years old. So it's like, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to be healthy. And, and if you're healthy, you have energy. Like I have energy for days, man. I'm, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together this whole thing fit at 50, you know, program, you know, where it's like, you know, I, I, I see 20 year olds that are out of shape, can't do 10 pushups, you know, you know, couldn't run around the block, can't climb, you know, five flights of stairs. You know, I'm doing this every day. I'm, I'm, I have a responsibility to the people that love me to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And, and so, so me staying healthy gives me energy. And I, I get a rush from creating stuff. I get a rush from, you know, the, the adrenaline of building something new, getting in the trenches with something, you know, uh, empowering other people. Man, there's nothing more, more exciting to me than watching someone else crush it. To, to see the look on their face, you know, when they make their first $1,000 residual check, you know what I'm saying? Or, or uh, 
you know, make a million dollars, you know, in a, in a year uh, or even, even six figures, make a hundred thousand dollars. I get a charge out of other people having massive success. And, and if I can contribute to that, well, then maybe it's my own ego. It's like, you know, I, I play the role <laughs> in that. Whether they give yeah. me credit or not doesn't matter. For sure. I mean, that's like the whole thing when you don't have money, you figure that when you do have money, you're just going to arrive. And I, I always bring up this quote. It was Naval, the co-founder of AngelList, I believe. And he said that you have to get wealthy to find out that that isn't technically the answer. But until you get wealthy, you'll never really believe it. No, I mean, I can tell you, I, <laughs> when, I, when I got... I got to a point where I had a whole bunch of money um, and I went and partied like a rock star. I, I went and I was in the strip clubs almost every night. Night, I'm popping bottles. I'm dropping thousands and thousands of dollars every single night of the week. And I, I ended up miserable, man. I ended up, you know, un, unfulfilled, unhappy. Uh, it, it was, I did that for almost three years. And and then that's a streak was, right there. That's first of all, that's a streak. <laughs> that was a streak. And I had, I had a house, I had a, you know, beautiful house on the top of Camelback mountain and everybody, you know, after the club rappers, you know, entertainers would come up to the house. We party, you know, there for, <laughs> for days sometimes. And it, you know, strippers all, it was just, it was, a, it was not a good lifestyle. I think every guy thinks that's what they want. And, and I, I guess in a way I was fortunate that I was able to you know, go through that and realize, and I got caught up in a cycle that was hard to get out of. Um, and then it was, it was on my, I always have these, these, these dates that became my, uh, you know, turning points or defining moments. So it was, uh, my birthday, August 31st, uh, now it'll be going on this, this August will be four years ago that, uh, I made a decision that that weekend, this was going to be my last, my last weekend out. I was not going to party like that anymore. Um, and, and it's funny how, how the world works is walking into a nightclub. I met Nasla. She was outside of the nightclub. And I convinced her and her friends to come to my table and hang out with me that night. And I did tell her, I said, look, man, this isn't my life. This is, what I'm, I'm, this is the end of it. And her and I had long, long talks. And she was like, look, I'm, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm the same way. She, she was never a part. Like, she partied like crazy for a while. But she wanted out of that lifestyle, too. So we happened, you know, from that point out, we were, you know, not separate you couldn't separate us damn dude so you're like walking out of that life and you pick up the girl on the way that's pretty damn impressive right there yeah and i got that yeah i ended up with a pretty good like i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring a relic from those lives with me that's amazing (laughs) yes yeah she's a powerhouse you know she she has been um you know where i can be the accelerator she's the brakes you know where where you know i'm not educated she's highly educated um of course she's she's beautiful i'm not uh, I mean, we go on and on, like in every, in every, it's like the perfect, you know, complimentary thing for me, man, that like in all these areas where I don't have it together, she does. Like even, like, you know, even scheduling, bro, I'm not allowed to schedule because I just schedule every, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I got five things scheduled at the exact same time. So she's taking over my calendar. She's organized. She keeps all the stuff together. You know, you gotta, if you can get somebody in your life like that, man, it, it, it's, it's an amazing, it's, it's an amazing life and it allows you to stay in your strengths. It allows me to st- play where I know I'm strong. You know, I don't have time to be, you know, trying to, you know, strengthen my weaknesses right now. hundred percent. And, and we, we talked about offline that, so you've had to make a lot of layoffs throughout all the different companies right now, because we're going through a crazy time and you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. That's life. And, and the world is, is going to halt for a few months, but you talked about a supplement based company is what you're really stoked and passionate about right now. What's going on with that? Yeah, man. Again, because health and fitness is, is a big deal to me. Because I, I, here's what I know for sure. If, if you, in the pursuit of your wealth, you sacrifice your health, at some point you'd be willing to give up every bit of your wealth to get your health back. We see it all the time, the regret that people have. So, you know, I've made a conscious effort to, to study nutrition, study health, study wellness, to understand it. And, I, and of course, I live with a, a, a fitness model. Uh, fitness professional, so all this came full circle. So what what we've got is a uh, a custom supplement company. It's it's based on a DNA test. So we'll do a DNA swab, and then we'll create a, a supplement after the DNA test is made around heart, immune system, inflammation, blood pressure, cholesterol, basically the things that keep you alive. <laughs> and then we'll create 
uh, one of 400 million different variations of a nutrition product with no two DNA are the same. So therefore no two supplements should be the same because we're all built different. Like one person can smoke cigarettes and live to be a hundred where someone can smell secondhand smoke and get cancer. I drink a glass of milk. I'm sick for a week. My wife can drink a gallon of milk. No problem. So we're, so it tells us that we absorb things differently. Our bodies, you know, even though we're 99% the same, it's that, that, that tiny difference that means we need to take a look at that. You know, for some, some people, a certain nutrient delivered in a certain form can actually be toxic in, in, instead of beneficial. You know, for most people, this whole blind nutrition, one size fits all guessing game is clearly not working. The numbers suggest it's not working. So we built a machine that's capable of making, you know, <laughs> one of 400 million different variations. And then we made it Amazon proof. So you can't get this on Amazon because we then, while this machine is creating your custom formula with your name on it, with 100 different superfoods, herbs, spices, plus vitamins, minerals, we then put your name right on the label. And if we make it on Tuesday, it's delivered hot and fresh to your doorstep on Wednesday. So, you know, we, we know this is the future or it's, it, it's for sure the next generation of supplementation, um, you know, coming up. So yeah, we're pretty stoked about it, man. So we, we've got this custom, you know, supplement company. It's, it's exploding. And right now everyone's thinking about health, health and wellness. All these, all these people are hearing if your immune system is weak, if you've got conditions, you, uh, you better stay in the house because you don't want to get this Rona thing. The Rona's man. It's funny that people are not buying Corona beer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> you got to love humans. There's, there's someone after this uh, I need to connect you with. Uh, you guys are literally have such similar stories. You're both MLM gurus and you both had like crazy come up stories like with the drugs and alcohol and just life. So that's something off the table I want to talk to you about. But regardless, yeah, sure. if you could go back in time and you could take everything that you've ever learned to date, you're looking at your life at 50, you're building this program, you're focusing on your health. But you're looking back and you've also lived like a rock star. I mean, you've done it. You've lived it up and down, sideways, in between. If you could go back in time and you could talk to yourself at 24, that's after you made that decision to, to really you know, jump into a business and start working on yourself and working on your mind. What are maybe one, two, or three things that you would have told yourself that could have saved you a ton of time, money, heartache, headache? Uh, and, and obviously a great answer is I wouldn't have changed anything cause it made me who I am. But for the sake of the question, what do you think you would tell yourself? Yeah, no, I would have changed. I, 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 I'm not one of those guys. I would have, I have changed a whole lot. If I could go back, I would have shortened my, that seven years. It took me seven years to make a hundred thousand dollars. My first year as a full-time entrepreneur, I only made $4,000 and most it was because of me. N number one, for sure. I would have told myself to shut up and listen more. Um, check the ego it's amazing how egotistical we are when we're young you know you know it's like I, I i don't know where it came from i had had nothing didn't hadn't accomplished much but yet i still had a big ego and and i and i see it it's an epidemic today i see these these i see a lot of young people i'm like man i don't understand why your head is so damn big you haven't done anything and and you know people walking around like they know everything you know today if you even mentioned something they're, they're telling you all about the thing. They can't even get the damn name right, and yet they, they act like they know it all. And, uh, and maybe it's just part of being, being young, but that, that would be the, that, like, I, you know, I, I got, you know, e I tattoo everything on my body these days, but ego, ego is the enemy uh, because it really is. And there's almost this movement, and I, and, I, and I feel bad for some of these young people because they're hearing from some of these um, people that, that are almost telling them to be arrogant, you know, to be cocky, to not to be humble. And that might be okay in a booming time, but when the economy shifts and you're a jerk and people see you as arrogant, they might be clapping for you just because you got the Lamborghini and you got the stuff and that's kind of cool, but secretly they want you to fall and they won't be, they won't be there to help you. But when you're humble and you're helping other people and you're focusing on other people, when I shifted my mindset from me to you, when I realized that my bills weren't being paid anyhow, but what if I help focus on your bills? What if you and I together focus on your bills? I'm used to the bill collectors calling me out. It doesn't phase me anymore, but you're not. You're stressed out about it. Let me take some pressure off of you. That started to change everything for me. When I started to humble myself down and it stopped being about me, myself, and I, and it became about everybody else, everything changed for me. The, 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 the shift 
was instant. Thank you for listening to another episode of Glenn Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please give us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace. But I've been through some really down, down times. And when you're going through down times, when people, when people see you as somebody who's humble, as someone who's about other people, it's amazing the doors that open up. Doors that would have never opened up to my old arrogant self um, that opened up for me because, you know, I was looking up for people. Like, I'm cut, I get, I'm connecting people all the time and they'll make millions because of my connection. I won't take any of it, but I know how the universe works. You know, somewhere along the line, I get paid back for all, for all those connections, for me having an abundance mentality. No, look, if you rise, if you, if you crush it, I might not get the immediate benefit, but sometime down the road, you might open up a door for me. Sometime down the road, you might make a connection for me that turns into a you know, $10 million deal. I mean, who knows? That's, that's, just, that's the way it works. But if you're an arrogant jerk, people are like, yeah, they'll be around you and they want, to, they want some of your scraps and they want some of the money. But, but they're, gonna, they're, they're not going to be, when, when you fall, they're happy you fell. Is there anything else you would add to that? I mean, that itself is sufficient, but is there anything else you would, you would tell yourself? Yeah, I would, I would say get out of your head, get out of your mind. Um, I, I, was my, I was for sure my own worst enemy. I, I was so down on myself because I, I, I bought into John Malott, you're a loser. John Malott, you're a drug addict. John Malott, you're a criminal. And so it took me so long to push that stuff out. I would have I went deeper into personal development faster. I would have cleared out my friends my, my negative energy sucking friends much faster. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on, man. I had, there's so many things I would have changed uh, for sure. I, you know, I would have quarantined, I would have self quarantined myself for a year uh, to get myself right, to come out prepared, equipped and ready to go tackle. For sure. Yeah. The whole quarantine deal. It's interesting. Everyone's going to learn so quick. Like I feel like the whole world has been living in a outdated system, not building online businesses, not using zooms, having meetings. You don't need to meet. This whole thing is going to make our healthcare system a lot stronger and better. In the meantime, it's going to be crazy, but it's also going to force people to upgrade and learn. And that's challenges. That's life. That's building things. And I love that you said, you're a connector. You're looking on just connecting people and helping people grow. Uh, Jordan Adler, uh, I'm sure you're familiar. I don't know if you know Jordan, yeah. but Jordan was on the show. He was on the show two episodes ago. And he says that one thing he always talks about is he tries to connect to people and then get out of the way because if they go on and do something, they'll always remember Jordan as the one that connected them. Yeah. And that is something really powerful. I, I really like that you mentioned that, just like getting out of the way, putting good people together. In my opinion, people are the greatest thing about living on this earth. You know, good people, you can hang out with good people. It's like I was talking to my dad the other day, you know, he never, he always cooked growing up. He never really went out to restaurants. He was a bomb cook, made like the most dope barbecue. But he's like, you know, it's all about your company. If you have good company, then some cheap barbecue is the best food ever. But you have some shitty company, your lobster don't taste that good. (laughs) That's, that is so true. I have a, I have a mentoring program that I started reluctantly because people were coming to me, felt like they were being scammed by all the online gurus, you know, when this, whatever they, whatever it was. And, and I started this mentoring program and then my, my whole premise became, let me, let me teach you what I know, my 25 years of building businesses. And so we, we tackled all these different topics and we still do. And then, but then I started introducing them to my high net worth friends. And from that, from our little mentoring group, I don't know how many businesses have started, you know, they, they've connected with, you know, my friends who are either, you know, crushing it online. I have a friend that's crushing it in the retail space. You know, he, he sells to cost Costco's and Walmart's and, and he's developed products for some of these people that were part of my mentoring group. And they've, got, they've done great things, you know, from this little group. And, and, you know, the, the reward for me is, is that I know because I'm making these connections and, and these transactions are happening and people are advancing. Uh, it, I'm advancing, you know, maybe I didn't get a, 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 a piece of that, but, but I know this, the way the universe is, is happening. I continue to get blessed, man. People think I got lucky. Oh, you got lucky. No, no, you don't understand. I, I've connected so many people that went on to make millions of dollars. The, the, the laws of the universe are set up a certain way. When, when you're putting it out there, when you're giving, 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 it's just a matter of time before it's coming back to you. Amen. Four leaf clovers do exist, but you got to comb through the field. That's so, true. so John, if you could have one thing uh, to kind of sum this up, I know we got stuff to do. I know you're a busy man, 
But if you could say that one thing to the person that's right on the cusp of jumping into entrepreneurship for the first time, maybe they're in quarantine right now, sitting in their room, just like, I need to get myself out of here, but they can, you got another month, homie. So you got to figure something out. What would be that thing that you would tell them to push them over the edge to jump into that business and, and to dive right in? Yeah. I, first thing I'll tell you is, is life is short, man. Life is short. If you live to be a hundred, that, that's short. We got a, we got a very limited window to make some things happen. And look, you don't want to end up like most people, you know, most people end up with regret when it's all said and done, you know, what do they say? The graveyard is, is, you know, the, the most expensive place on the planet. That's the place where the, the books that were never written, the businesses that were never started, you know, the graveyard is filled with those people. Why, why do that today? You can launch, look, someone could be an affiliate in my nutrition company for 40 bucks a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, there's no excuse. And then, and then, and then you can, you can do this with very little risk and you can learn the stuff that's necessary when it comes to branding and scaling and leadership. And then once you've got those skills under your belt, then you can go take risks, you know, with, with bigger money or with, with other opportunities or, um, you know, people are waiting around for their passion, you know, to show up or for them to find something they're passionate about. I'm like, look, Sparky, you know, sometimes you don't get to pick your passion. Sometimes your passion picks you. My, you know, I got involved in, in businesses early on that I wasn't very passionate about, but I needed to make some money. I was a janitor for General Electric. You think I was passionate about that? But no, I needed to put some food on the table. I need to do something legitimately. So I, I, I suffered through that and I used that as my fuel to say, look, I hate coming here every day. That became the fire for me to search harder to find an entrepreneurial venture that I can go and do. Why not? You know, I, like we could teach people today to get done in five hours, what most people can't get done in 50 hours. We can show you how to really get your time back and, and leverage yourself. So, you know, I don't, I don't have like, people will say, they, they think I'm a motivational speaker and I'm actually offended when people, I'm, I, I shouldn't be offended, but I tell people, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm an entrepreneur that speaks. I, I believe motivation is temporary and, and inspired people don't need motivation. So if you've got it in you, if you know there's something in you, then maybe you just need someone to say, look, I can help you, you know, bring that out. I can help you take that to the next level. I can help you build upon that. And that, that's all I ever do. I'm just helping people that have something inside of them. They have that burning desire. They're willing to work and they're teachable and I'll help them, you know, extract that energy and turn it into something and turn that into momentum, which eventually turns into a uh, lifestyle, turns into, to, you know, monetary gain. Boom. Walk a flock of flames. Mic drop. John Malott. <laughs> Here he is. He's out here. He's quarantined. He's got the art that he bought from the store on the shelf of the window. He's tattooed up. He's, he, he lives his life on his sleeves, literally. It's been great, man. I appreciate this time. This has been amazing insights. How can people continue following your journey? How can people learn more about your, your uh, nutrition company and anything else you'd want to share with them? Yeah, man, just uh, I, I, most of my, my time is invested on Instagram. That, that's, that's the platform I, I prefer and, and I utilize the most. Uh, so just find me on Instagram, either, uh, well, one of our pages is build your empire. And then my personal page is at John dot Malott. That's M A L O T T one L two T's John dot Malott. Find me there. And I, I respond to everybody. I don't have, I don't have my team managing my Instagram stuff. I do it. I do it myself. Cause then I, I keep that connection. So, you know, hit me up, you know, I respond to everybody. It might take me time because some of the stuff gets buried pretty deep in the DMS, but if you hit me up, you know, I'll, I'll hit you back. Perfect, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you. And until next time. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time. Peace.